0: Hello. You're listening to Offer Accepted, the show that is all about fostering careers in real estate and growing your real estate team. Your host is Vanessa Rosenblum. Vanessa is the president of a search firm called ProREA Staffing, where they help real estate agents hire talented people so that they can grow their businesses. On this show, Vanessa interviews real estate industry professionals from real estate assistants to team leaders of mega teams to learn how they achieve their current level of success and what they're doing to rise to the next level in their career or business. Whether you are Exploring a career in real estate, or you currently run a large real estate team, and you want to be better at recruiting, training, and managing your employees and agents, this is a show you'll want to follow. So don't forget to hit subscribe. All right, let's go to the show. Here's your host, Vanessa.
1: All right. Hey, ladies. Good to see you guys. Hi. Hi. So everyone, welcome to a very unique Uh, podcast episode. I am joined today by two of my favorite people and colleagues. Uh, We have Kathleen Metcalf. Say hi, Kathleen. Hi. Hello. And then we have Sarah Weaver with me. Say hi, Sarah. Hi. So Sarah is our Director of Business Development, and she's basically my right-hand person at ProREA Staffing, and we've been working together for four years. So she was a recruiter, and now she's our Director of Business Development. And so she has seen the hiring process backwards and forwards. And so I wanted her on this call today with Kathleen because Kathleen's role is basically once we've hired somebody or placed somebody with with our client, she takes over and she helps them go through their first 90 days and helps set them up for success. And I always, I remember when I was pregnant, um, you guys have probably heard the idea of the fourth trimester, how (laughs) once you've had a baby, there's still like, you're not quite done with your pregnancy. The first, those first three months are like another trimester. And I think about that when we're placing candidates, because the, the search process isn't done when the person is hired. That's, that's not the end game. The end game is once they're trained and like owning their role and winning in their position. Right. And unfortunately, I think we see far too often that people stop short of the end goal. And that's why I love working with you, Kathleen, because you get people to the end goal. So, so that's what I thought we would chat about today. What I love about hanging out with these ladies is that we can just go on and on about this stuff. And so I wanted to just capture one of our conversations on this topic, because it's something I think we're all really passionate about. I mean, we want to hire great admins, and we want them to be successful and stay there for a long time. And we want agents
2: to reach their goals.
1: Yeah, that's the whole point, right? That's why we do what we do. So, so, Kathleen, can you just explain a little bit of of what you do?
2: Absolutely. So I'm a business coach for real estate agents, and their administrative assistants for them to have uh, great operations so that they can reach their goals. So I'm working on the infrastructure of how they get to the goals that they say they want to have.
1: So, Sarah, so you're talking to people when they're they're ready to hire, they're thinking about making this hire and like, what do they think about when you're having this conversation with them? Like, How does this training piece factor into their decision making process at the beginning of the hiring process?
3: Absolutely. I hear a lot of individual real estate agents, whether they've been in the business for 16 years or 13 years, or they're killing it and they've only been in the business for two years. I hear the same thing over and over again. And it's essentially the same words. I need help, but I don't know what that looks like. And I don't know what I would actually do with someone once I have them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, they also tend to think, okay, I know how to or they think they know how to do the job and they, they are gonna be able to train them, right? So some of them are like, I have no idea what to do with this person and we definitely need to help those people, but then people think they know, but they don't. And I think that like one of the things we probably hear, Sarah, you probably hear this a lot is um, you know, I'm hiring an experienced assistant. I don't need to train them. They already know how to do the job, but This is so interesting to me. Oftentimes, the people who have a lot of experience coming into the role have a harder time adjusting. Can you talk to that, Kathleen?
2: Yes. One, The learning curve is steep no matter what the experience is of the candidate, the new admin who's coming into position, or of the size of the business from the agent. The learning curve is very steep particularly in the first 30 to 45 days, then from 45 to, you know, 90 days, there's like this next curve. And then you don't really get to go down the ski slope until you have been on the job somewhere between three and six months where it feels like, oh yeah, I totally got this. This is great. You know, you want to snowboard the rest of your life right now, like there's no tow rope. You got to walk up the mountain uh, to get to the top (laughs) of the crest. So the experienced people are accustomed to knowing the answers of being confident in every task that they're doing, of being able to take charge because they were confident and comfortable in the position with their agent, you know, with their team. And now it's like they have cooking skills, but they have never cooked Thai food before, or they have never cooked Korean food before. You know, when my friends first took me to a Korean restaurant, I had on a silk blouse. I did not know we were going to grill food at the table. (laughs) Right. Right? That was not the right outfit to wear to this restaurant, but the food was delicious and terrific and I enjoyed doing it, but I wore the completely wrong, wrong wardrobe. So when you have an experienced assistant come in, they really still need clear expectations, they need a progression and a map of how they're going to do things, how the agent likes things, and so then they can begin to really take ownership and then you know, really be able to take charge.
3: Absolutely. And at Proary Staffing, our job is to find the right person for the role. And typically, the person that's really good at dotting I's, crossing T's, taking care of the back end of the real estate business is someone who likes things to be done perfect. And it doesn't feel good when you don't know
1: what perfect looks like. Right, when you haven't been given the roadmap, right? They really do want the roadmap. And we find that as part, in part of the recruiting process, that's really important. Um, you know, we, Sarah, I can speak to this too. I mean, we have candidates who are considering two jobs, and maybe one offers a lot of money, but it's been like a quick hire process. And right. the other client is maybe offering less money, but a clear roadmap for how that person will be successful in the role. And there's gonna be clear training in place. Like, you know, you're part of that package for the candidate. And they will pick the job that pays a little bit less because they know that they're going to have a better chance of success in the role. And so it starts even before you've hired somebody. Um, So what are some of the things that some people do right in their first 30 days on the job with a new candidate that really set them up for success?
2: They have clear expectations that they are able to verbalize and many times I find that they can do that because they've worked with the two of you and they've gone through that process with you and your recruiters and your account managers. So they've gotten clarity on what it is that's important to them about how they like to run their office, how they like to manage their schedule, how they like to you know prioritize their time and so they're clear about that and that there is some structure. To when they're going to meet with their new admin and what they're going to cover when they go over that makes a big difference.
1: Mm, I like that. And what are some of the most common mistakes you see
2: agents make when they're onboarding? Over expecting that things are going to be fantastic and they're going to dump all this wish list of all the projects and all the things they've wanted to get done for the last year or two years, and they expect that right away. Or the opposite of that, they hold back, and so now the admin really doesn't have a clear picture of what the job really is, and so there's an undervaluation of the demands of the position. And the the third, really, mistake is no feedback or only critical feedback.
1: Yeah, can we talk about how to deal with mistakes, especially in the beginning? I mean, I'm actually thinking about a client right now who has very high expectations, their assistant made a couple of really small mistakes and we've had to step in because things are starting to unravel and it's really about her response, mm-hmm. not that she is upset that somebody made a mistake, but so talk, talk about that. Like how should somebody respond when an
2: admin makes a mistake? So I, I put up the extreme ownership book behind me uh, today, just to remind us all about the fact that everybody needs to own you know, own the business, own their job, own their role. And so it's, it's a two-pronged situation for the agent as the business owner with a new person, they have to own the fact that the admin's mistakes are theirs. And that mm, about a that pill in the beginning, but particularly in the first 90 days, it's important that an agent is as clear as they can about what they expect, give as much direction as they know how to do, because it's also okay that an agent doesn't know how to do everything from an administrative perspective. We need agents to be great salespeople. It's why we all have jobs. You know, I'm very clear about that. And so therefore when the admin makes a mistake, the first point of, of question for the agent is how could I have set them up better to do that well? how did I make this situation happen and how could I have prevented this and how can I do it differently with them the next time? So once you start there, it's much easier to be able to say, okay, so I didn't think to tell you <laughs> that you know this is what the inspector was gonna do or this is what the client you know really wanted. I'm sorry, I didn't think to tell you that. So now it's about how do we fix it and then how do we prevent it in the future? So everything that happens, particularly in the first 90 days, and this is a culture that you can build on your team forever, which is every mistake that happens is a learning opportunity for how can we do this differently next time.
1: Right, Sarah, what is that quote from Debbie Sharp that I always love to to reference?
3: She says something along the lines of, I look forward to my next mistake.
1: Right, I'm looking forward to making new mistakes, right? yeah yeah and i love that because look mistakes are gonna happen now you're testing somebody out in their first 90 days and if they're making mistakes at what point does that become a warning sign so i mean let's talk about attention to detail type mistakes or spelling mistakes at what point do we say okay this is not going in the right direction and we we should probably you know look for somebody else yeah i'll
3: I'll, I'll chime in first i think that kathleen we often talk about how do you react to someone's mistake? And that becomes a huge part of, and what's talked about in extreme ownership, is how you are you reacting to those? And are you setting the assistant up to come to you when they make a mistake and tell you why that happened? So did they make a spelling mistake because you came in, asked them to do nine things, and they were distracted and overwhelmed and stressed out, and that's how the mistake happened? Because that can be fixable or is there a clear lack of attention to detail
2: and one of the things that i love about candidates and uh, and agents who go through the process of working with pro rea staffing is that there has been a combing of these kinds of mistakes, so there's an attention to some of the issues that happen when there's a mistake on a resume and there's a mistake on emails and there are mistakes inside how they do their writing sample for you, then that is a pattern that is very clear which you may not be able to fix once they're in the job. And uh, I've had agents say to me, I wish they could type faster. I said, the only way for someone to get faster at typing is to practice typing. Like the, then the, then the, the admin has to practice that while they're at the home, while they're at the office, and then they can get better at typing. But there's no magic pill for how to get better at typing. And so the, the reaction to, to mistakes is important. And I also think it's important that uh, that candidates, that, that administrative professionals are able to handle making mistakes where they are not devastated by that where they do not beat themselves up about that where they too look at mistakes as an opportunity to learn and that is their extreme ownership that they made a mistake and that they have to take you know full responsibility for the fact that they they allowed that to happen they didn't ask the right questions they didn't you know pursue something just as much as the agent can take full responsibility for the fact that they didn't prepare them better so you have 2 100% of taking responsibility, and then admins are able to learn from what goes on and not be, um, you know, not have that really beat them up because it's going to happen. Yeah,
1: Sarah, I think we have a pretty good culture around that at ProArreya Staffing. Could you speak to that? I mean, it's hard for me to speak to it because I'm the one who'd be getting mad about things, but maybe you can talk about how we deal with mistakes at Pro-Ari-A Staffing
3: yeah absolutely well first of all we're in the business of hiring so i think it's really safe to say that we've hired amazing people on our team and so all of us including myself we all hold ourselves to a really high standards so when we make a mistake we're probably more upset than vanessa ever is um and that that's first first and foremost and then secondly when we make a mistake, Vanessa encourages us to come to her right away. And I can applaud you, Vanessa, that when we make a mistake, you don't overreact. You don't make us feel bad because as I've just stated, we already feel really bad. Yeah. I mean, I,
1: yeah. And I just feel like, look, it's not life and death. Obviously if there's money involved or an irked client, that's not fun, but It's okay. It's not the end of the world. We're not brain surgeons. Nobody's dying and we'll get past it, you know? And I think when people feel safe taking risks and feeling like they can, you know, speak up if they make a mistake, I think it creates a better, safer culture where people are able to to grow. Um, And so, yeah, I think we do a pretty good job of that, if I may say so myself. Okay, Kathleen, can you talk about your bicycle? Um, Analogy, I love that. I think that's really helpful for people as they're going into this process with a candidate.
2: Yes. Uh, If everybody remembers uh, what it was like to learn how to ride a bicycle and have training wheels on, right, so you would lean back and forth from one side of the bike to the other, and no matter how much experience you have when you start a new job, you're still learning how to ride the bike in that environment. And so when you have a map and you have expectations from your boss, then you you can start to feel confident (laughs) that you're gonna be able to keep your balance and know how to steer and put the brakes on. And so as the 90 days goes on and people gain experience, sometimes from making mistakes, And then learning how to do something better the next time then you take off one training wheel at a time right and so i can remember what it was like to have one training wheel and you would still lean a little bit to one side and then by the end of 90 days you have no training wheels nobody has to hold the back of the bike and run alongside of you to make sure that you you know don't fall over and that you can keep your balance Uh, whether you had a banana seat or whether you had high bars or you know whatever your bicycle looked like But it does take, you know, it takes those experiences to be able to get your balance, to feel confident that you can get on your bike, you can stand up, ride, you can pop a wheelie, you know, you can do all the cool, fun things you can do on a bike. And it takes time to be able to do that. And that is exactly what it's like to go through the first 90 days. So let's take it, let's ch- chunk
1: it into three pieces. So in the first 30 days, what is the expectation? What should they be able to do? Because Sarah, I know you can speak to this where clients are like, I want them to take ownership. I want them to own their job. And they their, their uh, expectation is that this person is gonna walk in on day one and start whipping everything into shape. And Kathleen, is that true? Can that happen?
2: They can. Learn all the software, or at least how to use the software. They can know the parameters of their responsibilities, and depending on their experience, they may be able to own tasks that they have experience with, like entering something in the MLS or updating your database, or you know, whatever those tasks might be. But the breadth, you know, is they're learning to follow the system. For the first several weeks, you know, certainly the first month. And then, you know, it, it grows from there. Okay, so from 30 days to
1: 60 days, what are some of the benchmarks you should be looking for to see whether or not someone is on
2: track? That once you give them a task uh, repetitively, so I always say, like if you have one real estate assistant and they're gonna do listings and closings and marketing. Then give them something, you know, like let's do listings first so they can repetitively do new listings. Or if you're working with marketing right now because you're getting, you know, working on leads, then have them work on your marketing with you because as they have repetition, they will be able to gain ownership faster. They will be able to measure and get progress on the fact that they uh, have learned something and they have more mastery over it. So I call it, you know, they follow, then they manage, then they lead. So in that order. <clears throat> so being able to follow a system means that they can be able to have um, a checklist, have be able to have some repetition and feel that they, can, they know what's coming next. Then they can manage the process. Once they've had practice managing the process, now they can be a leader in the process. But that takes time. And depending on the repetition, sometimes means that it takes longer than others. So if you're an agent that gets one new listing a month right now, then that's gonna take longer for them to master that process because the, there aren't as many tasks in a row. If you bring in five listings a week and now they're gonna get lots of practice doing that, then that might happen faster. But repetition is part of the key for how they go from follow to manage to lead.
1: Perfect. And then you said something one of the first times we met that was such a huge aha for me, the dark before the dawn. What the heck does
2: the dark before the dawn mean? Sometimes that means, and I seem to see it around 45 to 60 days into the process, that at the first 30 days, often a new admin is given a lot of direction. Their agent leaves them a to-do list. They get a lot of feedback. They're handed out a lot of assignments. And then the agent thinks, or whoever is their supervisor, thinks, oh, they've got it. Now they can leave them alone. Or even if they keep giving them instructions, they start to make more mistakes. And so depending on how the admin takes making mistakes and depending on how much direction and support they're getting, that spiral can now start to go the wrong direction. Where in the dark before the dawn, it is the admin begins to doubt for themselves that they can do the job and the agent or their supervisor begins to doubt if they can do the job. And so now we have the dark before the dawn because all it might need is the reaction to the mistake how the person responds themselves in making a mistake that they're really learning from it and that they are you know really putting their uh, effort into mastering this task and getting beyond it and now we can get from follow to manage to lead but if it crumbles in the middle we're not going to you know then then sometimes that can't be repaired
1: Right, and so we hear from clients, they'll say, no, we don't need coaching, but if things go wrong, we'll call you. Oh,
2: I, I know that's so sad for me. <laughs> because sometimes it's too late. Sometimes if they get to, if things don't go well, then I'll call you in. We're already circling the drain. We're already in trouble. Now the person doubts, the admin doubts themselves. Their confidence is broken. Perhaps their spirit is broken. Now the agent is already suspicious. They're already hard on the fact that they're, you know, this doesn't turn around right away. And by then I, I can't fix it sometimes, which is, you know, really frustrating for all of us. So the best method is prevention. You know, I've also used the analogy, sometimes I find I'm in oncology and I would rather be in preventative medicine. Because if you wait until things go wrong, we're in oncology it's better to be in preventative medicine. Let's drink, you know, green smoothies for breakfast and go for a walk and have a massage rather than need to go through chemo, you know, like, let's keep it, keep it in the in the realm of we're going to set it up to work well, as opposed to try to fix it if it goes bad. Yeah, Absolutely. I, mean, I, I
1: feel like, Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Sarah. No, it's okay. Go ahead. Well, I feel like Kathleen, you're, you're like an insurance policy, as well, you've, you've spent all of this time, and if you've worked with a recruiting firm, you've spent money mm-hmm. to bring this person into your office, right? And this is like the insurance policy because, you know, despite all of our best efforts, about 20% of our placements don't work out. However, the ones that work with you, it's almost 100%. And so what, what kills me about that, what drives me so crazy about that is there is clearly a missed opportunity there. It's not that the clients who choose to work for you are really any different than the ones who don't, but there's clearly something happening from the time that we hand over this well-meaning, excited, fully vetted candidate into this person's office. And then they're out of our control, right? Now they're the agent's responsibility and something is happening. And clearly it's preventable because the ones who work for you don't have those same problems. So what's the magic sauce, Kathleen? Like, what are you doing in your coaching process? Like, what, what do they, what should they expect if they coach with well, you that makes such a difference?
2: So I also want to give you an analogy for what you just described, which is I recently realized I'm a home warranty program. <laughs> and lots of agents get home warranty programs, right? Because it's like an insurance policy. If the refrigerator breaks, if something goes wrong, we know we have a vendor, we know we have someone who is already there ready to take care of it uh, because it's entirely possible and we don't want that to destroy the sale and so or you know the purchase when someone got got a property so what I'm doing in my coaching work is I am getting very clear with the agent what are your priorities what do you need your your person to do this week this month and be able to then translate that to the admin and make sure they are on track, they are focused on what's most important to the agent, they understand that they are to own the job, they are to own that responsibility, they are to ask better questions, they are to make sure they're learning from everything that's happening. And so I am that bridge, because I've been an admin and I've been an agent, and so I am the bridge of that communication, always focused on what is the most important thing to the agent, how can we help them reach their goals? This is a business and, and what, getting that to go in the right direction.
1: Yes, and you do. So can you talk about, maybe you don't name names, but think about some of the clients that you've worked with that we've sent you, and some of the outcomes that you've been able to
2: achieve. So <clears throat> the fact that um, the agents who work with, with pro staffing have gotten clear about what they like, what they want, what's important to them, where they're going with their business. And um, I'm thinking about an agent that has learned over the years he's been in the business and had admins. He absolutely has to have people on his team who are great communicators and who are able to own their mistakes, who are able to come forward when they need to understand something. And so now he's very focused on making sure that that's who he hired and that's the way he manages. And so I've also had agents that uh, really want someone who is very meticulous at planning because that's not their thing. And so they need an admin who is going to invent process as well as be uh, strong in skills that they're not. And then be able to come to the agent and say, here's what, you know, I'm able to do. <laughs> here's what I can, you know, do for you that isn't what what they can do for themselves.
1: Okay, Sarah, I want to take things over to you because I know one of the things we've talked about a lot is that agents want one person to do everything. And that that's fair, right? They can't afford four people, right? But they want someone who's a transaction coordinator and a savvy marketing person who can use InDesign and edit videos and they need to be great with customer service and great with contracts. And so talk about sort of unpacking that with someone who's trying to make their first hire and helping them figure out what's most important and what's what's reasonable to expect when you're hiring one person to support your business.
3: Absolutely. So I I talk to hundreds of agents um, often a week who come to me and they are asking for what they need. And they'll say things like I need someone that is great at transactions and I'm always relating it back to the disk assessment. So I'm thinking, okay, great. So high S, high C, someone who's good at details. And then they say, and they'll be managing my calendar. I say, great project management, managing you. And then in the same breath, they'll say, and I need them to, go on appointments, be great with my clients, talk to my clients and plan parties. Oh, and if they can be really, if they can also be my bookkeeper. So that's when they kind of lose me. And I'm, I'm telling them that, yes, I don't want someone who's gonna come into your business and be disruptive and only be good at one thing. Right. But we have to understand that you're hiring a person. You're not hiring a robot. And us as people, we're not good at everything. Um you want me to talk to your clients but you don't want me to handle your bookkeeping. That's just not where I would thrive. I could do it because I'm a perfectionist, but I would be miserable and I'd quit about 30 days in. And I think that that's what agents need to understand is just because someone can do everything, that that might not even be what they enjoy, but most likely they can't do everything. And so let's find someone who's doing the piece of the business that you really need them to do. And then let's outsource that other piece. So a lot of times you mentioned marketing. And so a lot of times I get someone who comes to me and says, I really need an administrative assistant. Oh, and I don't do any social media. I'd love for them to be a graphic designer and a social media marketing analyst and a marketer. And I say, you know what, let's find a really strong admin. And there's no reason that a strong admin can't manage the marketing projects. But if you really want your marketing to look high level and luxury, then hire a professional who creates those pieces.
1: And I think going along with that same line, when you're, Kathleen, when you're coaching somebody and you're sort of sorting out their job description, um, how do you figure out how many buckets you can put under one person and what needs to come off. And sometimes things have to be taken off in the beginning and then added back on later on. How do you help agents sort through all of that?
2: I also look at what are the priorities that the agent needs to achieve in their business? And so then listing those priorities out, then being able to see who do they currently have on staff and what are the strengths and experience of those people. So then what could be a training issue? Because sometimes it's just learning a software or being able to learn a process. And so admins who often have a high DISC score in S and C are able to learn all kinds of things. And so then it's a training issue. But I think Sarah's example is excellent about like creative marketing, then if they don't already come with that skill set, then that might be something to outsource. And then they can manage the marketing calendar, manage the marketing projects. For bookkeeping or money, there's also sometimes an issue, depending on the uh, transparency the agent really wants their staff to have about their bookkeeping, then you can have a bookkeeper where the admin would give the information to the bookkeeper. They would pass those expenses along from, you know, having listings and doing those things, but the bookkeeper would actually then keep track of the revenue expenses, profit, loss, taxes, you know, those kind of things. So it really is then about what are the priorities of the agent, what are the skills of the people that are on board, and then what's the training issue, and then what are some of the other outsourcing issues. So I do something very similar to what Sarah's describing.
1: You also have a great quote about what there are some skills you can train and some skills you have to buy. Yes. And, and Sarah, I think you and I could talk about this, about how, you know, sometimes agents get so hung up on their new hire, knowing like a specific software program, right? I'll only hire someone who knows how to use top producer or contractually or can enter into my MLS. Okay. Is that really the most important thing? Is that, do you really want to exclude people, right? Who have great admin skills and attention to detail just because they don't know a software program? Well,
3: and I love it. I had a conversation with an agent yesterday who had just hired someone and he was having his new admin shadow his transaction coordinator for a week, then shadow his listing coordinator for a week, and then shadow his buyer's agent for a week. And so you better believe that that admin is going to learn new skills and the agent doesn't even have to train her on those. Like just because you're hiring someone doesn't mean that you have to be the person to train them. Absolutely. And so Kathleen, where have you seen examples of that work really well?
2: Absolutely, there are agents, lots of agents that do not really train their admin. They point them in the direction of where can they learn that from the board of realtors? Where can they learn that from their brokerage office? Sometimes where can they learn that from other admin, even in their office, maybe that don't work for them because there are offices that are cooperative that will be able to show them this is how we do it here, you know, in this brokerage firm or at this office. Um, If they work with me as a coach, then I, you know, can train them on many technical things. I also have a, a group inside my coaching where I bring on marketing experts and I bring on transaction coordinators so that they can learn those kind of technical skills there. Uh, and then from other people on the team, if because I, I always suggest that people are cross-trained, because you want your admin to be able to go on vacation, <laughs> be able to, you know, stay home if they have the flu, you know, like you want to be able to and so if you have multiple admin on your team as an agent, then it's important that they are cross-trained and be able to cover for each other for lots of different reasons. It's a good protection for your business. Absolutely.
1: And one other thing I think is really important to keep in mind is when you're training your new person, that's the best time for them to be creating your checklist and your operations manual.
2: Yes. Yes, the beginner's mind is precious. When they are new on the team, they are thinking step by step by step by step by step in a way that will go away after they know things by routine. They won't even think about some of the steps that they're doing. So the new person is actually the perfect person to edit the checklist to make sure they're accurate for how things are done if checklists already exist. If they don't exist, they're the perfect person to start making that list. It doesn't matter what they do. They can make it in a Word document, Google Sheets. You know, It doesn't really matter what format they use to document it. They can change that document and put it inside Skyslope or put it inside you know other transaction management software. And then they're also the perfect person to document the procedures of this is how we do things here currently. And then that can be edited over time because they think step by step as a newcomer.
1: Yeah, I, we we implemented this many years ago and it was definitely to Liza's credit and then Sarah's credit and none of my credit because <laughs> Lord knows I didn't do any of it. So thank you to my team. But we have a, like a Google folder and you can type in how to whatever. I mean, seriously, like every single thing is documented. And so we are all able to step in for each other, which means people can go on vacation. There is a process and it is documented for everyone and then every time someone new is hired, they're expected to update it because things change. You know, software programs yes. come up with Eventually. new versions and so, you know, you, they are living documents. I think that's the other thing to keep in mind. I mean, printing out an operations manual and have it, having it sit on a desk is such a bad idea because it, it's it's going to be out of date in six months.
2: Yeah, and you can do it, but why? it will still have to be edited. Yeah. yeah so.
3: And the amazing thing about all these programs is everything's hyperlinked. So when we say use this form, I hyperlink that, and then that you click it, and then that takes you to the actual form. Mm-hmm. And everything's so much easier than people make it to be.
1: Well, man, and things have gotten easier every year. I mean, I remember back in the day, somebody would email you a, a file, then you had to go delete the old one and upload the new one on your own folder. Oh my gosh, life has gotten so much easier. <laughs>
2: it has we have to keep sharing those things with each other right and then the the admins share that you know with their agent from things that they've learned and then we can share that with agents that you know work with us about here's what we learn i call it best practices in my contract with agents because while i of course will keep proprietary information confidential it's also important to share this is what i've seen work on another team do you want to try that on your team why do you have to learn everything by yourself the hard way right we want to be able to share that with each other and that's why it's so great know to work with the agents that really want to make progress with their business Yeah, absolutely
1: so we touched briefly on the disk profile earlier and I think a lot of our audience is already familiar with it Uh, but just in case I'll link to you know some information on what the disk is but one of the really valuable parts of the disk that I think it's lost in the hiring process is it's value as a tool to understand communication. And Sarah, you talk, you teach on this. We actually have a class. Sarah will go and speak in real estate offices on how to use the DISC to communicate with your team. And like everybody loves it because it's there are so many ahas in that class. So what are some of the basics agents should understand about communicating with their assistant? If they're, you know, your typical agent personality, a high DI or ID, and your assistant is a typical s c or c s assistant. What are some of the common what's the word like air um, like comedy of errors you know things that happen that are just a result of people not understanding the other side's communication style yeah absolutely the
3: The first would be if you haven't taken the disc in the last six months, take the disk assessment it doesn't matter if you're uh, the lead agent, a team of 10, or you're the listing coordinator, everyone on your team should have an updated disk assessment and you should read each other's. I think these personality assessments have gotten a lot more popularity as time goes on. You have the enneagram strength finders, there's lots of different personality assessments. I think the problem is that we take it, we're validated, we're like, yeah, I'm I'm an I, that that's totally who I am, but then we don't use this valuable information for our benefit. And so what I love implementing are seeing the agents understand that their first reaction to a situation is this, but because their admin or their buyer's agent is completely different than them, their first reaction to a situation is this. And understand that when they write an email or a text message, oh, Kathleen, I love your story about text messaging, but when when they send an email or a text, their mind reads it as this, but a high C is going to read it like this. And so one example is the the call Carl. So Kathleen, do you wanna explain the, the text story and how we can kind of learn from that situation?
2: So when the agent sends a text that says call Carl, and then it goes into a listing appointment, and the admin who's a high S high C who wants all the information before they take action is now paralyzed with, who's Carl? Which Carl? And what am I calling Carl about? And and should I call Carl or text him? Carl doesn't want me to call him. Carl wants me to text him. And so now they're paralyzed to take action when if the agent, before they went into the listing presentation, had said, "Carl, call Carl to remind him about his inspection today, then the admin could have figured out which Carl had an inspection today, and then be able to know and find out when the appointment was, because they managed that, right? So it's probably in the calendar, and then would have confidently been able to call Carl, and remind him about his inspection today, but when that didn't happen, and that was what um, about remind him about his inspection, it was five more words, and uh, then the, the admin would have been able to do what the agent wanted, but it didn't work between the two styles, and it was a pretty easy fix.
3: Yeah, and what I love about this story is that the agent is like, well, I said call Carl because I don't know what time his inspection is. I don't frankly remember Carl's last name or how to spell it, but those things are important. It's just that the admin needed some context. And so the agent, we're not asking the agent to completely change their personality and become really detail-oriented or patient, but rather modify their behavior to better fit those on their team and i love that word modify because i'm not asking anyone to change who they are like i'm never going to become a very calm patient person but i can modify my behavior and have more patience and calmness when i'm talking to my admin
1: well and i think that's such a good point like under just understanding that people are going to respond or behave differently makes a huge difference sarah and i have used this example where like we are the kind of person who might say call carl right? Like, boom, go. And then Liza, our office manager, is a very high SC, and she wants to get things done right the first time. And she's not going to take action until she has the information she needs so that it's done right the first time, which means if you don't give her enough information, she's going to come back to you with like 10 questions Mm -hmm. because she needs to know exactly what she needs to know. before. And thank God, because she runs the ship and it is a tightly run ship but if you didn't understand that that she needs to know in order to do her job well it can be incredibly frustrating because I, like for me i've already moved on i've you know asked for a report or something i've moved on and then to get like okay what about this da 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 da, da. But the beautiful thing about her doing that and and you know why i take a deep breath and you know give her grace is oftentimes truly i haven't fully thought through the thing to the end mm-hmm. and because she's able because she has the backbone to push back and say, "No, I need more information before I do whatever thing you've asked me to do," she makes me think through things all the way so that it is done right the first time, and we're not running in circles. And if there are any admins listening to this, I think like understanding that there is a lot of value in your behavioral style and sticking to it, like it's okay to ask questions. Sometimes you have to think about when, where, and how you ask them, but that's why you're there because oftentimes your executive has sort of thrown out a half-baked idea and they're expecting you to catch it and you know clean it up and put a bow on it. And sometimes you need more information in order to make that happen.
2: Yeah, so there are two things I wanna add about that. This is, these are great points. Modify is a great word. And in real estate agent language, this is also versatility. And agents have learned versatility to work with different kinds of clients. It's the same skill applied internally to their team and to the admin, which is just like a more analytical client. So they, they know how to do that well with clients. Now they can just do that with admin and inside their team members. Oh, and there was something else I wanted to say about assertiveness. So the more that an admin is willing to be assertive and to own the position, to do things well, to take action, that they're asking questions to take action, that that is a very valuable skill for an admin. And it's really something that's being more and more required in today's marketplace. It used to be sort of a luxury, but now in entrepreneurial businesses, the entrepreneur needs this admin person to be assertive and to take action and to be willing to ask the great questions to be able to, you know, then move, move things forward. Do it, do it, do it, do it. Yeah, so and gives a tremendous opportunity for admins in the world, you know, to be able to step in and work in an entrepreneurial business without having all of the risk on their shoulders of being the entrepreneur, but it is absolutely swimming in that culture. It's cool. Very cool.
1: Well, I think this is a great place for us to wrap up on this high note of what the vision can be for a entrepreneur and their right-hand person. Yeah. So Kathleen and Sarah, I want to thank both of you for joining me today on this different type of podcast and, um, and helping to shed some light onto this, you know, quote, fourth trimester <laughs> so that you can get more people hired and, fully trained up and succeeding at a high level. So thank you guys very much.
2: Thank you, I'm grateful for both of you. Thank you both.
0: Thanks for listening to Offer Accepted, the podcast for fostering careers in real estate and growing a successful real estate team. If you like what you heard today, be sure to subscribe, rate and review. You can also check us out on YouTube. Search Pro REA Staffing and you'll find this and a ton more content all around hiring and managing your growing real estate team and launching your career in real estate. We'll see you in the next episode.